Welcome to yet another episode of When a Guy Has a Really Fucked Gender. As always, I'm your host, Jolene, and I have with me today, Sai. Would you like to say hello, Sai? Hello, Sai. (laughs) I'm so glad to be here. This is so exciting. All right, awesome. And how would you describe your gender in in this moment? My gender in this moment, you know, um, normally I feel like I would describe my gender as sort of clown-like, uh, jester-esque perhaps, but I think, um, in this moment, my gender is probably feeling something like a, uh, a seed. Buried, thank you. Could I have that tea? Sorry. <laughs> Like a seed? A seed. Yeah, I feel like I'm being buried in life right now. And that I just haven't sprouted yet. Letting some light in. Okay, interesting. And so you say a seed. A seed, presumably grows Mm -hmm. into something what's your gender going to grow into that is such a good question i guess we might just have to see um okay yeah what was that tree we saw the other day that i love birch trees a birch tree i think that's what it might be i love the eyes i have a sort of motif about eyes in my life i feel like oh tell me more about that um, just the concept of like seeing and being seen. Um, on some levels, I'm like terrified of being seen, you know? Obviously, that comes into play with like agoraphobia and this desire to stay like hidden because it feels like safer, you know? Um, but I also have this compulsion to look as well, to bear witness to everything to the worst of it all you know and almost to the detriment of myself like my um partner is always reminding me like you literally don't have to look at things that upset you you can stop and I'm like but if I don't read it then if I don't look at it then it's like it's not there you know somebody has to bear witness what sorts of things do you find yourself looking at Oh, well, I mean, mostly just the news, just the facts of what's going on in the world. Okay. Is what's upsetting. That's true. Those are, those are, yeah. Especially stories of, like, workplace abuse is what it's been a lot lately. Of the employment situations. Yeah, I understand that. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how would you how would you describe how did you confront gender as a very small child in the very earliest moments of your life? Oh my god. What was your as awareness? A very small child? What was Honestly, your awareness of, of mm-hmm. gender? 
honestly, like, my earliest memories of gender have all been, like, about seeing myself as masculine and wanting to be perceived as masculine as a boy. I always just wanted to be, like, a normal, regular guy with a name like Jack or Will or something like that. And just... I don't know. I was also one of those very, like, angry feminist children that is like, anything you can do, I can do better, you know? So I was very into, um, I was a very, like, angry (laughs) and autistic child. And the way I would gain power in situations was through, um, emotional and physical violence. Which isn't the greatest thing to be admitting to on the internet. Um, But to be fair, I was like six. So, you know, we've all been six. There's a lot going on in there. Um, And to me, that um, idea of power through violence was very tied into uh, masculinity and reclaiming it that way. Oh man, I should have had a cigarette before. (laughs) I wish I could be having a cigarette right now, but I'm unfortunately lounging very elegantly in my little peach spread bed with my two beautiful cats in the cupboards. (laughs) So would you say, was was there a man in your life that was violent that was that that you were getting from or no um my (laughs) my father um is actually like a very soft emotional effeminate man but he uses that as like a manipulation tool to like seem unthreatening to get what he wants you know oh man the vocal fry is coming out i'm a real podcast girly (laughs) (laughs) that's okay that's good um Mm -hmm. so what what did your um so so like i don't know like how we're like so in, in your sort of early moments in your like longing to be a boy and your was this ever sort of like expressed to other people did like you said that you had this sort of like gender dynamic to all these actions Mm -hmm. in your head was this ever expressed to other people or was it just like purely like an internal drama sort of um i was very into the idea of stories where, like, a girl would bind her breast to disguise herself as a boy. You know how that's always happening in Shakespeare? And it's like, all you need is a couple layers of fabric and to put your hair in a hat and you can just be a dude and nobody will ask questions and you can just do that. And that was normal in times where, like, girls had to do that to survive, you know? Um And I always kind of envied that idea, like, why can't I be in a sort of situation that would require that? And you know what's interesting? Um, Growing up Mormon, we had such a focus on, like, family history in the, like, culture of that. And so um, my father is actually adopted, and his birth mother is uh, Italian from, like, uh, Italian immigrants, like a 
line of like fairly recent like well I don't know like Italian immigrants um and one of our ancestors we were looking at census records and for the records that took place when she boarded the ship her name was like Antonio or something or his name or their name honestly Antonio or something and then when she got back to America I guess not back when she got America the census records here say like Antonia instead or something which I thought was so um interesting and I forgot what the question was um but whether i expressed it to other people i had a second yes. part of my answer um when i was in kindergarten no it was first grade because i was in a combination first grade second grade class that was some i don't know whatever special class whatever um i don't want to be one of those guys that's like i was a gifted kid when i was a kid when i was gifted um but <laughs> there were these two best friends um that I sort of attach myself to, which is something I have a habit of doing throughout my life. Um, and their names were Jack and Rachel. So you can guess where I got my first gender envy from. And it was not only the idea that I wanted to be him, but that I wanted to be paired with her, which is so fascinating. It really is. Huh. Mm -hmm. And so, but but again, like, was this expressed to people around you, or did other um, people like pick up on this or anything? To some degree, but I was a very very shy child to the point of like not talking whatsoever. So any like drama that was happening would be like fully enshrined within my own psyche, fully isolated um partially because I, I didn't know how at first because I didn't know how to share and later because I was afraid to okay okay so you mentioned that you were you were raised Mormon and I have to assume that that oh. was a sort of that that has a um, a particular sort of like uh, effect on your experience of gender or the way that you like sort of think about and conceptualize gender. Um, would you? Mm -hmm. Sorry, what was that? Oh my god, no! I was just saying, excuse me, because I burped for a second there, and it would be rude to not say excuse me. But now I made so much more of a big deal of it than it had to be, and the question was about being Mormon, right? Yeah, tell me a little bit about a little bit about being Mormon. Oh, and I—it's so funny that I would say that because I am very much no longer Mormon, but like it always will be part of like my story and part of what has um, shaped my life for better or for worse. You know, like, um, I guess some people say that like what happens to you in your very early childhood, like sticks with you for the rest of your life and informs like your relationships and your choices and uh, your coping mechanisms. Um, and I think that's really interesting because uh, Mormonism has this very strict view of gender and sexuality. I know we were talking about the other day 
um, whether or not we feel that souls are gendered. And that's definitely something that comes into play with Mormonism. There's a whole document, I'm sure you probably heard of this, um, called like The Family, A Proclamation to the World. And people act like it was a revelation, like, you know, sacred scripture, etc. I think it might have been officially canonized. Uh, or whatever the Mormon equivalent of that is. Um, fairly recently. But it was actually written as like a document to support an amicus brief regarding religious freedom during the fight against... Uh, I don't remember if it was for or against. Uh, but you know, Prop 8 in California. I was like right. very young when this was happening. So, and very sheltered. So I didn't know much about it at all. But that was like a huge thing in terms of history and especially of like the Mormon church specifically coming out against that. That was very damaging to my young, fragile psyche because, um, oh, but the proclamation, it says that like all souls are gendered and that gender is eternal and that your gender determines the role you will play essentially in your life on earth and afterwards in the eternity. Okay. For example, like men are supposed to be protective providers and women are supposed to be nurturing caretakers, you know, that kind of stuff. And specifically saying that like anything other than that is anathema to to them, that concept. Yeah, I, I, I managed um, to find and, and pull up mm -hmm. this document. Um Oh god. In front of me, yeah. But by by divine oh, design, no. fathers. Oh no, the family proclamation is in the yeah. room with us right now. Oh no. Yes. Um mm -hmm. and I think that yeah. specifically drove part of my like feudal desperation to be like, no, I love being a girl because girls are better and I'm strong and I'm brave and I'm powerful. Okay, but you were gonna ask me. Um well I was going to ask you more about so so yeah. this was so this like prop eight and things like that, that was a part mm -hmm. of your childhood. Like Yes. How how was that a, how was that a part of your childhood? Like were your parents talking to you about this? Like it was just always like floating on the periphery. Was so this like my... something that they talked about like at like mm -hmm. church at, at temple or like Mormon youth group or whatever? <laughs> at temple. That's that I don't I could be wrong, but that sounds like such a Jewish way of saying it. Is that okay? Well, I don't I don't know. Like what do you more is it is it just called yeah. church? So, or whatever? Okay, okay, I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> well, make know. make a note. Make a note. I'll break down the difference between church and temple later, but we were we okay. were on something specific here that I already lost again. I'm sorry. For for the for the for the viewer, for the listener at home, I am on a cocktail of pain medications right now. And when I say a cocktail, I just mean hydrocodone and um medical marijuana uh because i currently have uh i'm i'm suffering i'm languishing with an ovarian cyst so pussy is pain um yeah. what was the question so sorry um, if i keep asking to be refocused <laughs> no it's okay I'm, I'm i'm used to it um many of our guests have needed refocused and that's okay <laughs> have ADHD I, not me I, though I was asking about um I I was asking about why 
or or how how things the context of prop like eight. prop eight and, how prop that eight, and then also like this document like how they were you said they were sort of like ambiently floating around your life i guess i i also like asked like I, what I think, was like I going think on fact wording was uh lurking on the periphery which is yeah. a lot more ominous than your wording which i find fantastic um hi um yeah so it was just essentially that okay but i was backing up because we needed context and that's where i got lost okay so my mother grew up in india she was raised hindu as uh as many of us know india got a little bit colonized by britain and you know what's what's interesting is that um there was like a plain East Indian culture person that was sort of like a third gender in like a holy way. I think I don't know much about this. We were talking about it the other day, and um, it's really interesting the way that the the colonization really made India so much more conservative by violently enforcing these racial and gender rules so that's the environment that she grew up on and she has all sorts of fun generational trauma that i'm sure we'll get into eventually um but uh she never really felt like uh, polytheism was right for her so when she finished her undergrad college degree she came to america to texas tech to get her master's and then once she was here, she went to Brigham Young University because it was cheap to get her PhD in marriage and family therapy of all the things. And so I grew up like being told by her that um, that uh, she had studied for therapy, but that she was only a stay-at-home mom because she couldn't work in the, um, the field of therapy because it was too liberal, because it required her to accept the gay lifestyle. Um, she so told you this fun. as a child. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, it's just part about, of her. About, like, about how old? It's just part of her backstory. Um, I don't know, like young, like eight, maybe. Oh, wow. As soon as I was old enough to know what gay people were. <laughs> right, as soon as that's like a sort of salient idea like, in your mind. Mm -hmm. My dad, here's another example. My dad was like a huge fan of Elton John. Uh, <laughs> gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had this signed photo of Elton John, right? And when she got married to him... Um, she made him sell it because she didn't want to be supporting Elton John in her house with her decorations. Oh he like he like wasn't allowed to keep the photo like in the house. She oh when when Finding Dory came out, this was way more recently. This was like, um, but she like wouldn't let us go see it because Ellen DeGeneres was gay. She was she was one of those Ellen DeGeneres conservatives. Oh you know? yeah, the the the, the Jerry Falwell. Yeah. Jerry Which Falwell is so interesting because she was like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Which is so interesting because she was like 
an immigrant and a Democrat, like fully became a citizen to vote for Obama, but was like, I just don't like what he's doing with gay marriage. That was like her one thing, which is so deranged. Um, but yeah, she came to BYU for the cheap tuition and she got got uh, by my dad and he like converted her and baptized her. Um, and that's so your your father so your father was Mormon before your mother. Yes, he was adopted by a Mormon family and he was raised Mormon. Okay, but it, it sounds like your your mother, oh, interestingly, or maybe this isn't interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is. I feel like this is like a kind of like predictable <laughs> dynamic, right? That like mm-hmm. the um the converts end up being more like zealous, more zealous, than, yes. than those who are who are raised yeah. in the. Yes, and she's, like, she's giving, like, incredibly autistic, incredibly lesbian, and also just, like, very traumatized in general. So, like, really easy to be preyed upon, to be converted in that kind of scenario. And that's one of the fucked up things about missionary work is that they specifically tell you to, like, seek out people who are, like, experiencing a major life change, like divorce or grief death of a loved one that kind of stuff specific new baby specifically seek people out when they're at their most vulnerable ostensibly because that's when they most need the help but it really seems like in practice it's more about who is easier to convert someone who is looking for something Right. So where you the missionary work are really interesting because obviously from the point of view of a religious person, it's like, well, I love this thing. This thing is good. This thing is special. I want to share it. You know, it's like uh, me making my friends watch Hannibal. So. um, (laughs) But also there's an aspect to it that's very like predatory, especially in terms of like colonialism and race especially with the mormon church it was like a celebration like you're more righteous if you get sent to latin america because those are or like africa because those are the missions where you get a lot of converts and there's this weird like hierarchy with like what they call stateside missionaries who don't leave the country for their missions it's really funny you didn't go on a mission though did you oh god no Right. No, 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 no. When I was like 10, I was like, I don't know if I really vibe with all this misogyny. I said this word for word at age 10. Um, <laughs> but I was like, so Mormonism has this like map of the pre existence to the post existence. You can probably Google it and find it. But I was like, I was like, I don't really believe in this, but I really like this map that they have. And it seems like a good organizational system. So I'm going to go with this because I don't know about anything better yet. Like, I fully decided that, like, as a child, that I was just going to float along. And then, um, and I was just living until I could, like, move out of the house and get to college and, like, live somewhere else where I can be gay and do drugs and shoplift i don't know you know um is this so i I, I googled it this is a like the plan of salvation is that what this map is yes okay interesting (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. you're gonna want to hold on to that fun um (laughs) okay i'll keep i'll keep i'll keep i'll keep this handy for i've got this and the family proclamation yeah, yeah 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 
And um, so like, when I was in high school, I got like a decent SAT score, like nothing insane, but like perfectly serviceable. And my parents got really um, up their own ass about sending me to an Ivy League college. And like, I clearly had no chance, but they were like, gaslighting me into believing that it was possible and we went to all of these college interviews and all these college interest seminars and i did get waitlisted this is my big life achievement i got waitlisted at princeton and at rice which is like the ivy of texas (laughs) famous for the purity for the purity test yes classic love that thing that i think i have like a 32 on it oh i haven't done it we should do it on the pod um (laughs) it's really long i don't don't know if it'd make good podcast content it's true um, it's true we should at least do it and then air our scores (laughs) but um oh but uh and i got into boston college with a half tuition scholarship just for merit, not for financial aid or anything, although I wish I had financial aid, but I didn't because my dad is a lawyer who makes a decent amount of money. He just managed to uh, embezzle and squander it all so he can never pay for anything, including the 83 cents for my insurance. Did I complain about that to you yet? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, he wasn't, he like, he wasn't paying, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, and then so I got into literally my dream school. I was planning everything to go there, like rooming with my best friend, who I was clearly in love with, and she was like a straight Republican. It's fine, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they were like, Oh, actually, we can't afford it. We just like, we can't afford it, and going into debt is a sin. And it wasn't even like we can't get a loan for it. They were like, You, you literally will not and cannot get loans. So you have to go to BYU. And I had told everyone who knew me back then that I would rather kill myself than go to BYU. So they were like, you know, clock's ticking. The the bets were going on. Um, That's how I got here. What was the question? Did you you go to BYU? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. For a couple of years, I dropped out though. Um, again, to prevent the aforementioned killing myself. Okay, it was bad. And it wasn't even like the people that were were particularly sexist or homophobic or racist, although they were. They were particularly. It was just the extreme like dysphoria of being expected to behave as a heterosexual woman and like i was out as bi at the time um i was mostly just out as horny um and (laughs) you know it is horny at byu and i was like and i yeah (laughs) oh god it's so horny there it's probably the horniest place on earth it's disgusting it literally makes me throw up people do people do the what BYU is so, so cute. No, it's not real. It's a myth. <laughs> it's not real. It's not real. Sorry to break it to you guys. It's not real. <laughs> okay. Durfing, well, we're, we're, however, wait. Is. What? What? D- d- Durfing. How do you spell that? 
Oh, is that new to you? D-E-R-F-I-N-G. Durfing. Okay. You can hear my partner laughing in the background. Hi, baby. So what is what is this? It's basically just glorified dry humping. What but is... like with jeans on. Specifically with jeans on. What? Okay. It's durfing. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen I've seen two potential etymologies for this. The first is dick surfing, that. and then the second is yes. denim surfing. Which yeah, because here's um, the thing: it's got a D E traditionally, not a D U. So I think denim okay. surfing does sound more likely than dick surfing. It would be cool if it was like D I, you know, spelled like Dirk, Durf. Right. Okay. So like the 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 sort of idea is that you're like. You're both wearing jeans and you're rubbing up against one another, and it's mm-hmm. you know the, um what's what's the Fallout Boy line? The friction in your jeans. Oh, true. Wishing to be the friction, friction in your jeans. jeans. Isn't it messed up? How I'm just just dying to be him. So true. Yeah, I am just a notch in your bedpost, and you're just a line in a song. You're just a line in a song. Yeah basically that okay and so that was did you did you do that what um i sort of oh okay this might be the line i sort of had that done to me oh. i know i've talked about this i've talked about this in in a in a citywide newspaper so i think i'm i think i'm exhausted on uh interviewing about my sexual assault i think we can just refer them to the article I'll find it for you. <laughs> okay. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I hate writing the show notes. It's like the worst part of making an episode. I always what? like get there. And that I'm like, sounds like the most fun part. You get to look I back always just like remember. I'm like, what what like things do I remember from yeah. this? And then pick I just out, put it there. No, you got to listen back and then pick out all the silliest out of context stuff. Okay. And be like, this is an episode about. And then just list it all with commas and link any relevant uh, cited media. I've never linked anything. I should, though. I should have, because there have been, uh, like, I would. I've been episodes where we spent, myself. like, ten minutes talking about yeah. photos. I've actually like, stopped myself from running, from from uh, referencing a number of movies and books, partially to steal their ideas and make it look like they're my own, but okay. also to save the trouble of explaining things. <laughs> Okay, so you're... Because I feel like we would have to link them, you know? Okay, so I, I do want to go back before BYU a little bit some, because you said that sort of, like, when you're, like, 10 years old, you kind of just, like, sort of, like, had this kind of, like, vibe that Mormonism wasn't for you. Oh, yeah. For sure, you could definitely... What, what, was, that was that... Was that communicated to your family or did you just sort of like pretend and go along no i absolutely had to just pretend because like even now that i've left the church when we're visiting my mom she like won't use our pronouns and won't let us sleep in the same bed and she won't make us go to church because i think she knows she can't but she will make us listen to like an hour of scripture study so (laughs) okay 
And it the, being the a very nervous, very submissive child in that environment, that is not something you would bring up, you know? Right. So what was it like? Did you like have like a sort of um I don't know, did you did you like have um did you have any sort of like well I guess first of all, like the we that you're referring to, this is like you and my your partner. partner mm-hmm. Right. Who is who is also trans, right? Yeah. Uh, I I am I I am trans masculine and they are trans feminine. Yes, and they're also ex Mormon. Also ex Mormon. Okay. I'm six four. Okay. (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Not that that matters. (laughs) Excellent. Um. So you are. You're sort of going throughout your like middle school and high school years in this sorry, kind of environment a where bunch you're. Of ash into my mouth. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oof, Scooby snacks. <laughs> ha! Ah, excuse me. Um. You said in in middle school and high school. Yes. I, yeah. Well, uh, what was what was your life like? Did you like sort of? I don't know. You also made this re- an offhand reference so, to Hannibal. At, were you like on? I, were you on Tumblr? I guess is where this is. Uh huh. Well, I think I should probably start. Um, when I was a child, uh, when I saw uh, when I I was like five, and I saw a picture of Natalie Portman for the first time, and it made me gay. I wasn't allowed to watch Star Wars for some reason. I believe my mother claimed it was too violent. Um, meanwhile, I'm like literally only allowed to read about like the Holocaust and the Civil War on Sundays. Like just really brutal historical fiction. It, it, none of it made any sense. But the point is, I wasn't allowed to watch Star Wars, so I'd check out all the Star Wars books from the library to understand the Star Wars. And I would look at those pictures of Natalie Portman all day, dog. Um, And here's the reason why I think my mom is a lesbian, okay? Because she made us watch Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium like 30 times. Well, her and me together just because we wanted to look at natalie portman okay so what else is there to say and then um but i was like everybody just thinks girls are pretty because girls are pretty that's what girls are you know um they're the best clearly superior like (laughs) in that tiny like lesbian rad femme way just intuitively i was like yep that's it just the very most basic version of that obviously rad femme is much more complicated than that um but uh oh and then i was in ninth grade we had something called the ninth grade dance which was like prom for babies um and i went with a group of my friends a group of lovely studious beautiful mormon young women um we all ran cross country together we all played soccer together we went to the dance together okay and my one dear friend ellie who was incredibly beautiful and incredibly stupid 
um, was so, so beautiful that night. She had her hair in this updo that was like made to look like flowers with flowers in it. And she had this gorgeous like champagne colored eyeshadow blush, the whole deal. And I could not stop staring at her all night. And then the next day, I googled Tumblr and I was like, I should probably do something about this. Wait, you, you, you googled Tumblr because this girl was I heard it was people. a gay thing. Okay. I heard it was for gay people. There's gays on there. Right, okay. That makes sense. And then like with, within the week, I was like soft launching that I was by by like sending <laughs> Tumblr posts and being like, aha, me, don't ask though. You know. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. That's understand. I get I get what you mean. Mm -hmm. Um is so, here. Hi Jamie. Okay. So you are me. So so yeah, you you are you. How does how how does that sort of continue to play out throughout your life? Like what? Uh, you mean specifically the Tumblr aspect? I mean <laughs> I, either that or I don't know, like this sort of like. I got my you... family really into Doctor Who and BBC Sherlock. I discovered Captain Jack, who I still think is one of the most fabulous examples of bisexual representation partially because I couldn't name that many other bisexuals who've been represented. Um, but that's a me problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got them very into BBC Sherlock, and I brainwashed all my friends and convinced them they were gay. So my friends and Sherlock and, and John Watson specifically, but you know. Oh, okay. and I got an eating disorder. And that's the Tumblr saga. And my dad okay. found my Tumblr and I got in huge trouble. He was like, there's posts that say fuck on here. And I was like, well, yeah. What else are you going to post? Uh, <laughs> he didn't understand talk. the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of content creation. Um, and he was, yes. he, was like, he was like, you're grounded, but like... I'm not going to tell your mother about this because she can't know. And that was the very, the dynamic of our relationship growing up was like my dad creating situations where he would have to act by violating my privacy, honestly. And then being like acting as if he was the mediator in that situation. And he just needed to know so he could protect me from my mother, you know, who honestly okay. loved me much more than I was led to believe. Your mother did? Yes, loves. Present tense. <laughs> I sometimes use past tense when I talk about, like, my childhood, which leads people to think that my parents um, are no longer with us. But uh, unfortunately, some of them are. Both both of them. One, one fortunate. Uh, yeah, and we've, you know, so we, uh, I really didn't talk to her, like, at all from the age of, like, zero to 20 tbh um not like complete silence but just like in terms of actual communication 
Um, and uh, we've been uh, just reconnecting lately and talking as like human people. We still fall into this pattern of like me kind of having to like support her through her stuff rather than the other way around. But I'm just happy to have her here, you know. My parents finally got a divorce, so he's just openly treating her like shit now. So, I'm, uh, at least she has me, you know. My how siblings does, are how does, is that, is that allowed in, in Mormonism? What, divorce? Divorce, yeah. I mean, it's frowned upon, but it's normal. You do have to, like, beg the prophet to let you get, like, unsealed in eternity. Like, even if your spouse is, like, abusive. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... Okay. I, I have to leave the house at four, so I figure we have probably about another hour, which I figured no yeah. one wants to listen to a podcast longer than two hours anyway. So yeah, I typically try to keep it around an hour, maybe a little bit longer. I've been going even longer lately. Work. We did I'm get trying started, to tamp that so down. This is so tell me about tell me more about like sort of what's going on throughout your does so w- when are you out to your parents as trans and bi no. and lesbian okay. now yes okay um, you're out to them as lesbian is that yes, a thing that you is that is that is that a thing that you genuinely identify with or is yes, that a no that's so um my gender is gay man but my sexuality is lesbian. Okay. And that's okay. what T is to us. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a that's that's lovely. That's And I've said yeah. since I was like in seventh grade too, like genuinely that I mean you've heard my bitchy little voice, like genuinely that like I talk and sound and act and carry myself like what I had seen gay men be. You know, I was secretly watching RuPaul's Drag Race on Prime Video. Shout out Jeff Bezos. Fuck Jeff Bezos. Um, but that was like a, the only other place that I'd seen gay people. I had, I had, I had, I had Captain Jack and I had, I had RuPaul's Drag Race and I had Falsettos, the musical. A fantastic piece about being Jewish and gay and in the 80s. And you all, we know what happens in the 80s. So, lots of crying, but just really fantastic piece by someone who lived through that. So, which I think is uh, really special that he's he's still with us. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bill Finn specifically. Right. Okay. Oh, and- outing myself as a theater kid. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, with the combination of Doctor Who, RuPaul's Drag Race, and <laughs> Falsettos, there's no way that could have not been a theater kid. That just makes sense. 
And also that's where the gay people are. So I was like, I was actually out as bisexual, like socially, like to my friends, like as soon as I realized it. So it was very strange to come to BYU and like have to be closeted and like face coming out again when that was like taken for granted for the last three or four years of my life, you know, growing up, living at home. Did you go to a, you went to a public high school, not a religious school? Yes. And yes. And I grew up in um, Puyallup, Washington. Shout out the fair. Um, we, we, we have a, a, a fair there. It's, it's kind of our, our big thing. Do the Puyallup, you know, if you've ever okay. done it, you'll know. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was like very normal there. Like, there was, like, zero reaction when I came out, honestly. Everyone was just like, well, yeah. Yeah. Dyke. <laughs> Lovingly. Okay. <laughs> and so then when you go to, what, what's it like at, at BYU? Oh, God. It's literally just, like, a marriage farm. Like, that's the whole purpose. You're not there to be learning. You are there to get married they have classes that they require that you take on being married like <laughs> come on come what on. are those classes what are those classes like what are the lessons like i dropped out so i wouldn't have to take them they're terrible <laughs> i'm gonna be honest um the only religion class i didn't pokemon go my way through because the great thing about college is that there are poke stops everywhere. Fellas, if you're looking to get good in Pokemon Go, consider going to college. This is actually extremely true. I Not BYU, so though. I played so much Pogo in undergrad. I was like... Oh my god, you want to know a secret? What? Um, In my dorm room... My dorm room. My dorm room. My dorm room. My dorm room um freshman year of byu david john hall helaman halls oh helaman um somebody lied to the pokemon go map census probably when it was in beta and said that there was like an artifact in my room that fully wasn't there like it had a photoshop picture and everything and there was a pokestop in my bed Oh my goodness. That's so good. That's never so good. good. It was fantastic, but my bag was always full of Pokeballs, so I could never open my gifts. So I guess in the end, you're right. You gotta just throw out the Pokeballs. That's what I do. I'm like, I'm not gonna use this. Throw <laughs> them out? Yeah, I've got tons of Great Balls and Ultra Balls. Yeah. I guess I'm a hoarder. I can't believe you're agreeing with her because you are a hoarder. I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... Also, how are you hearing what she's saying? I thought she was... J Jolene, are we a she, they? Me? Pronoun check. Pronoun check. Everybody drop your pronouns. Oh, I'm, I, I'm just she, her. I'm just... Okay, cool. Perfect. Well, I was just making sure because if there were other, I would want to use it. <laughs> no it's just yeah. it's just she her i'm just uh yeah, i don't know i've been um what was the thing 
that our mutual friend Caroline. Shout out to Caroline. Yes. Um, our dearest Caroline. The literally the best person in the world. Um, I think said that um, we are both curly haired bisexuals with she they energy um, and she her pronouns. So. Yeah, literally, Caroline and my partner are kind of like the same person. <laughs> okay, excellent. Caroline's excellent. like you. Caroline is like you inside out. In reverse. <laughs> That's terrifying. The first <laughs> thing you said. How did how did you guys how did you guys meet at BYU? Oh, we didn't. We met on Twitter. No. Can oh. you believe? Can you believe? Yeah. Did you? Um, did, did no? Did oh Maz my god! Go to so BYU? Funny. No. Um, Mass. Uh, very impressively managed to drop out of BYU. I the lesser BYU without ever having attended a class, thereby nice. attaining the coveted college dropout class without any of the resulting trauma. <laughs> Gold star dropout. <gasps> Word. Star dropout. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. So also, she should get her own episode. So Yeah, absolutely. I'd be down. Let's get more. I'm yeah, I'm more. mad that my episode is getting taken up with all of this Mormon shit. And then all my friends are gonna get a go on who are also trans ex Mormons. And they'll get to talk about their own life because we already covered being Gay well, and trans and Mormon. Mine is yeah, okay. Yeah, well, we all have our about, own. But, well, so what? What do you want to? What do you want to talk about? What are your? None of the rest um, of you are Italian. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Sorry, so, I. Did, what was the question? What I is? Feel like I was goofing what off is your? Class. What What is your? <laughs> so you. What, what Which would does you, happen? What what would you describe as your life? What are the things that you want to talk about here? Oh no, it's fine. You this is actually what we were talking about before I ran us off track with complaining. <laughs> Was okay. how I met Maz, which is so funny. Um, I used to be embarrassed and I was just like, Yeah, we met like through mutual friends. <laughs> you said that? <laughs> yeah, which <It's> funny. <laughs> which was true. <laughs> <laughs> which was true technically sort of um in that actually i had seen their tweets forever and they were i thought they were so beautiful and i finally decided to follow them and i thought they were fully gay by the way at the time like in the guy way um and I kept following them and they would never follow me back. So I unfollowed and then I refollowed because they were pretty and funny and cute. Um, so, and then like one time somebody tweeted like, gay Twitter meetup at, at, at the, at the village so delicious or whatever. There's this obnoxious apartment complex that I think might be called the village. I'm so glad to have forgotten about it. Um, but the, there, that's a huge thing in Utah is these soda shops and cookie shops. There are so many of them 
And it's terrible. Yeah, I've I've heard this a thing. Is this like a thing because we're all Mormons bad and the same? Because Mormons don't Mormons drink are, coffee. Drink caf- well, they can't have or caffeine, tea. right? No, 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 no. They can have caffeine. It's okay. specifically coffee and tea. The most healthy, natural forms of caffeine that are outlawed by the word of wisdom which is what it is called um which is like a prophecy in or no 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 no, sorry 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 a revelation (laughs) in the doctrine and covenants which just is a book of like bullshit joseph smith wrote after the book of mormon when he wanted to be like oh yeah that's part of the religion didn't you hear Oh yeah, God told me so. I guess I have to marry your wife. Um, that's basically the Doctrine and Covenants. Okay, and the part of it. And um, legendarily, it's not actually a real revelation, and it just comes because Emma Smith, Joseph's um, iconic wife, um, who hates him now. Well, I mean, she's also dead. But she she hated him when she died, which was super. Good. Um, she was sick of cleaning up tobacco spit. Okay, which is valid. So she made him revelate the word of wisdom, which is like no smoking, no drinking, coffee and tea counts. Okay, but it also says like other stuff, like eat meat sparingly and. God gave us animals and vegetables for a reason. So, right, I act. This is a. This is actually some some weird. I used to listen to this um, when I was in high school. It's not all bad advice. And when I was when I was in high school, this is Mm -hmm. completely off topic. Maybe kind of. I used to listen to this vegan anarchist podcast. Um, and I was not vegan. Thing I've ever heard. Shut the fuck up. It's very funny because it was hosted by two, I believe they are both straight men. Um, but um they were great, they were lovely. I can't remember the host's name right now. I think podcasts are inherently lesbian. I can't remember the host's names. I feel horrible. I listened to so many episodes of this podcast. Um, and it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. But they were both, they had both um grown up in Utah, and so they were both ex-Mormon. Um, and occasionally they would talk about oh. things like those sorts of it's like so revelations and sort of like early, like kind of like pseudo animal rights things going on um, in, um, in 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 sort of like early Mormonism. So that's um, okay. that's kind of irrelevant. It used to be but... way more radical. It used to be way more um witchcrafty honestly they were communists for a few years a very physical embodied religion and yeah that's also what's very interesting thank you for reminding me baby is that mormonism sort of has like a doctrinal history of communism there's a thing called the law of consecration which is basically that all property shall be held equal for the good of the church and for the community Equal. Equal. Right. <laughs> no, you said equal. Okay. So, yeah. It's this is all getting off topic and um these are also all obviously like not uh I think this is practiced. valid. Don't worry. I'm not actually um, complaining about having to talk about Mormonism. 
I love it. It's easy to talk about. It's hilarious. And it also is like a huge part of what's informed my life. Well, so, okay. So when you were like sort of first crushing on Maz, um, she was not out as story. He was not really out as trans. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me more about meeting at the So Delicious. Yeah, I thought they were fully just a gay guy. And then we met up at the So Delicious. We just both happened to be there. I was like about to leave when they showed up high out of their (laughs) fucking mind with their lesbian bestie. I was there in my little orange striped sailor shirt, my little hair clips and dangly earrings and my little white docks. Oh, yeah, I was getting there, baby. This is the most important part. Um, and they looked at me, and the first thing they said to me was, those shoes have huge lesbian energy. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. And we just, like, chatted for a little bit, and I was like, fucking finally I can get them to follow me the fuck back on Twitter. And I, like, went back and unfollowed them real quick first, just so, like, they wouldn't know that I was already following them. Um, I was like, oh my god, we just met. I didn't try to, like, entrap you or anything. I didn't know you would be there. I noticed. Me unfollowing you? Yeah! Why didn't you follow me the fuck back then, huh? Huh? Don't answer that. (laughs) You can wait until your episode to answer that. <laughs> we'll get more. We'll figure it out. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll... the lore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then just like later that night, they DM'd me and they're like, uh-huh, hey, are you all the way gay or do you want to hang out? And I was like, no, I thought you were all the way gay, bitch. Um, and the next day they picked me up for my job at Forever 21 at like 11pm I had just started the job and I didn't know yet in grown up jobs when they say you get off at 10 what they really mean is you get off whenever we are done closing and uh, Forever 21 takes about 5 hours to close every night and they close at so Miles was no. like there at 10 waiting for me because that was ostensibly when my shift ended. And I was like panickedly hanging up bralettes or something. Maybe maybe jelly sandals. Um, and I snuck out. I was like, boss, can I leave? I'm going to go kill myself. And she was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> and yeah we went home we went back to their place i was in an apartment at the time and they lived in like a room in a house with like a nice big couch and a porch and a backyard so it was very glamorous to me and i love an old house and provo does have like A gorgeous walkable community and some really lovely old houses. I will give it that. Um, is it enough to offset BYU? No, nothing is. But, you know, at least it tries. And uh, you know, we watched Baby Driver. It was both of our favorite movie. Um, but we just, like, couldn't stop making out. 
So then every day after that, we kept trying to watch Baby Driver, but we wouldn't get very far, if you know what I mean. And it took probably like a full week of hanging out every day to finish Baby Driver. And we never stopped hanging out since, basically. That's a lie. We did break up and it sucked. But, you know, that's part of it. Okay. When, so, Maz was not really out as trans yet. Were you out as trans? No, it was more just that we didn't know yet. Um, And as I started spending a little more time online, actually, that's a lie. Um, Also through Twitter, I met one of our other dear friends, Kian, who is another ex-Mormon, non-binary trans guy. Um, uh, His there, it, at it's at is all of those um trans boy writing on twitter if you want to go follow them oh and my partner is velvet underscore skeleton by the way you should really be linking people's twitter in the description i don't i i i I never i don't know people's comfort around these sorts of things and so like I always mean to ask, and then I always forget to, and then I yeah, inevitably you, just like you need using your podcast to promote your friends. Otherwise, what's the point of having a podcast? <laughs> just, just have an excuse to have a little chat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. So tell me about like how how did you? How oh, did my you... friend Ian. Okay, we were at. The Joanne's. We had walked the Joanne fabric. Um, and we were like looking at the silly patterns, and there was one that was like um like a like a sor- sorceress, like a Morgana type, you know, robe dress. Um, and Kian was like, that would be so fun for cosplay, but if I wore it, I would be dysphoric. And I was like, Oh, what does that feel like? Because, like, I had, weirdly enough, I had grown up in my town knowing trans people. Since I was, like, 10 years old, one of my dear friends in sixth grade came out as trans. Um, And there was, like, also, like, a trans woman at my school. So it was just, like, normal. Like, a girl, I guess. (laughs) Because she was a kid. Just, Just people. And it was fine. Some people were bitches about it but mostly it was okay and I just somehow never entertained the possibility that that could be me actually that's a lie one time at in my freshman year at BYU I did consider it because they had, uh, I did actually though one day um in, in my freshman year at BYU because they had like uh like Gay people answer your questions about how to be gay correctly at BYU in the Cannon Center, which was the sort of cafeteria cultural hall of um, the Helaman Halls area that I lived Wait, in. Wait, so who put, who put this on? Oh, just like, I don't know if it was school sponsored, because like the GSA or whatever isn't allowed to have a BYU chapter. It's like not a school sanctioned club and like they're not allowed to meet on campus. They have to meet on campus and not promote any of their events on campus. 
Okay. Okay. Because they support gay. <laughs> um, but so, anyways, I have no idea how this managed to get put on in the center. And there was like a trans guy there, and he was like skinny and like Latino and like little and like looked so much like me and somehow I was still like man I would love to be a trans guy if I could but I'm just too short I'll never pass guess I won't and then didn't deal with that for another two years but what here's what I did do um catch this sick Pokemon Go reference what I did was I created a boy version of me in the Pokemon Go and I would switch between the girl and the boy avatar depending on how I was feeling that day. Okay. That's the one thing I did about my gender and then stopped dealing with it. And then once I met Maz and um, oh, back to Kian and the Joannes. There was that gorgeous dress and Kian was like, um... Ah, I would love to wear that, but it would make me so dysphoric. And I was like, what does dysphoria actually feel like? And Keen was like, well, I don't know how to explain it other than that. When I put on a dress, it makes me feel like this. And sort of retreated his little chin into their little turtle shell, like arms straight out, limp wrist, zombie style. And I was like, wait a second. That's how I feel when I wear a dress. Because, like, my whole life, I had to wear dresses every week to church. Like, you just don't wear pants. Like, that's not a thing. Girls don't wear pants. They have to wear dresses, and they have to have sleeves, be to the knee, and not show any cleavage, which my mom was so paranoid about, to the point where, like, I wasn't allowed to, like, bend over or, like, move my body in certain ways that, like, she deemed too suggestive. It was deranged. She definitely has some sort of, like religious like scrupulosity ocd type stuff going on there so like i forgive her but it still fucked me up good so okay got where i was going with that again oh just just for you i had to wear dresses at church growing up and it sucked and right. i hated so, so, it so is, the, is this moment with your friend in this joanne's fabric you you realize like oh i'm experiencing what I felt trans in that Joanne fabric. And does that lead to like a sort of immediate realization? Oh, for sure. You know, after that, we went to Noodles and Company and we ate our little noodles. um, And we just talked more about what being trans is and what it feels like. And uh, I was by the end of it, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a guy. And I told my friends and they were like, yeah, yeah, you're a guy. (laughs) In fact, so what I came out as first was just, like, non-binary. With, like, hard they-them pronouns. Um, Hard they-them pronouns. Yeah, as in, like, not accepting others, you know? They-them. I like that as That that very, like, newly non-binary that's like, I'm not a girl, posting, like, gifts of Janet from The Good Place. That so, kind of non-binary. So, you you mentioned that you'd known a lot of trans oh, people. What was your perspective? But when I came out first, but when I, 
my partner just showed me a text that says, "When you, baby, when you came out to me first, what you said was, babe, I think I'm a guy. You were also crying. That's hilarious. I came out as little guy while crying. That's, that's fantastic. Um... And I forgot what I was saying before that. Oh, when I came out, one my friend Hati was like, when I came out as non-binary, they were like, "Oh, I thought you were gonna be full trans." I was, I, I had the needles ready. <laughs> full trans, <laughs> which was just very endearing in a way. Well, she, uh, Tati, had a has a brother-in-law that that was trans. That like, she had helped with her brother-in-law's uh, injection. So it wasn't like, I am going to trans you. It was like, let's get this bread. Let's get this done. Okay, so prior to that, what was your perspective on these trans people that you know? I mean, I get the sense that... Much beyond, uh, that's quirky. Okay, just just sort of like, okay, that's like a thing. Just sort of yeah i was i was like well that's a different way of being a guy good okay. for them not like guy specifically a different way of being a person you know right did you ever because you said that you had here's like, the thing though of- as like a very autistic person who put so much work into masking i also had this sort of visceral resentment for people who didn't do that so like when i saw this trans guy with like giant long hair gelled up into a two-foot mohawk every day and when i saw this um girl with messy hair and 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 stained camisoles i was like well that's not right they should be working harder (laughs) i was very much like as an egg i was very much that person that was like you should have to pass um, and that was what stopped me from transitioning because I was like, I am never going to pass, therefore I shouldn't even try. But then I met my dear, dear friend Kelson, who is built like a character from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and is 5'6 and wears exclusively tight clothes is Mormon, but has expressed regret on a number of occasions that he cannot wear sheerer, shorter, sluttier clothes. Um, and I was like, oh, this is a different way of being a man and being so incredibly man that I hadn't seen before. And I was literally like, oh my god, I can be a short king. <laughs> and so now I'm gonna that's the story that's the story oh my goodness um (laughs) i mean i'm still not on hormones yet i was actually talking to my partner about this yesterday because i was like i don't want to i was like i have to and this is another thing as far as like i know a lot of trans people have a history of eating disorders so even though I'm like pretty much fully recovered from mine now and don't worry too much about it other than just like generally struggling with lack of appetite, but I still like make sure to eat. But um, like since recovering, obviously I've gained some weight and 
I'm very into food neutrality and weight neutrality, but um, body neutrality in general, specifically. Um, but for some reason, I still thought like, no, I was putting up more barriers for myself. I was like, I have to get skinnier <laughs> before I can go on testosterone. Um, otherwise, I'm going to get jowls. I'm still, unfortunately, so subscribed to a number of traditional beauty standards that I wish I wouldn't. And I was scared of getting jowls, you know, Winston Churchill, bulldog style, that uh, when I go on tea. But then my partner made the point to me of like, why are you making yourself earn this? Like, have you considered that if you go on tea... You'll have more energy to be able to move your body and then build muscle and or lose weight as a side effect and not as a goal. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's why you need a girlfriend to tell you the obvious shit. Okay. To just point things out in your life. There's a John Mulaney bit about that, isn't there? Well, it's also, I find at least, like, Mormons... I don't know, it's sort of, I think that until you go on them and sort of start feeling and, like, living the effects, I think that it's often, like, kind of, like, easy to sort of, like, I don't know, it's, like, it's, like, hard to the, um, it's, it's hard to, um, Like, like it's 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 hard to really like understand like what your body is going to change into and like how it's going to change and what it's going to be and what kind of possibilities are going to be available to you. Yeah, for sure. And also, like the fact not... that I shouldn't be putting that much of a priority on physical beauty when I've even said that part of my gender is the need to no longer be seen as traditionally desirable. And I don't know if that stems uh, from like gender or from trauma, but you know, the jowls are kind of cute. I like jowls at least. I think. Yeah, and I was thinking, I oh my god, um, this is embarrassing. I was it thinking about work. you know one of my favorite books, Infinite Jess, um, where actually, <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm being dead serious, and that's why it's embarrassing. <laughs> um, there's a character named Orthos dies or the darkness right i um, remember this i've, I've listened like, to infinite yeah. jess on audio yeah he's like he's like really cool and emo hilarious. and has like a shaved head but he's also described as having like huge under eye circles and huge jowls but he's still like cool and desirable you know so that's fun yeah it's actually <laughs> helped me a lot though with like substance use like with alcohol and weed and just like eating disorders in general and also the politics of like beauty and desirability in film it's really just an important work to me um as slutty as it is um that uh like i had an alcoholic era after i dropped out of college right And I didn't realize that's what was happening until I went into eating disorder treatment where I read Infinite Jest for the second time. I didn't quite finish the first time I read it, which was in my freshman year at BYU. Um, 
and it described it defined what a blackout is and i was like oh shit i've been blacking out literally every night i have a problem you know when i got into the hospital i showed up to the eating disorder hospital so incredibly hungover that I could not stand because the night before I had decided to do consume every substance that I had within reach because I was like oh I won't be able to in there um and I was like oh my god why are they treating me like an alcoholic that is so crazy I hardly drink meanwhile I'm having like six shots every night and for me six shots is enough to throw toe the threshold of blacking out which is uh you know efficient money wise that's the way to put it yeah so no what's more efficient money wise though not drinking true True, true, true. Tell me a little bit about um I would get brutal hangovers too. I was literally throwing yeah. everything I ate or drank and I was like, I'm fine, nothing's wrong with me, I don't have a problem. And even these days still I'm like, I'm a fake alcoholic. It didn't really happen. I'm being dramatic. Right. So. That's the thing that I definitely I definitely can relate to and understand. Um, not with alcohol, but with other drugs. Yeah. Um, right. And so was that, was the this eating disorder, was this, this was prior to you coming out as, or sort of having like the realization of sure. being trans? Yes. I got outed as having an eating disorder when I was in like 10th grade in high school. And it actually started from like an OCD thing of being afraid to eat in front of people. And it evolved to include like shame around eating in general. I would just like throw away my lunches every day. And one day my mom found like a leftover lunch that I hadn't thrown away and also clearly hadn't eaten, which is really gross. So they like made me go to therapy and stuff, but I like wouldn't tell the therapist anything. I'd be like, so today at school, my friend said this and I would never say a single thing about how I was feeling because here's the thing the therapist brought my parents in at the end of every session because I was a minor and I couldn't stop her from bringing my parents in without taking action and like my parents would know that I didn't want to talk to them and they'd be like well what are you hiding Right. So because that was like an inevitable thing, I'm like, well, I can't tell her anything because she's just going to tell my parents. She's not here for me. She's uh-huh. here to reassure my parents. So it wasn't a productive right. environment for therapy. Um, and also, <laughs> um, as uh, many of us uh, with uh, mommy issues, um for some reason i didn't do particularly well with female authority figures so there was a lot of like misplaced resent and distrust 
and anger directed towards my therapist um, in order to avoid confronting it with my own mother. Well, it also sounds like this therapist was maybe not the best. Um... Yeah, my first therapist was like 23, <laughs> like a grad student. And my second therapist was like 45, like a weird stern mom energy that I just did not vibe with. But the first therapist has sna- had snacks which has been a failure in all of my subsequent therapists. She really set the bar high as far as sensory experience within the therapy room, and I really think that should be emulated. All therapists should have silly putty, dim toys, stuffed animals, blankets, fruit snacks, and granola bars. I think there should be a law. Yeah, I'll, I'll support that. I'll get behind that. It's a human right to have snacks at the therapist. Yeah, everyone deserves a little snack. Um, yeah, vulnerability is exhausting. Yeah. So, well, we've been going on for a little bit over an hour, or more than quite more than an hour actually. At this point, like an oh, hour and twenty minutes. Timing. Yeah. Do we That's have any thing. like ending yeah. thoughts you want to close with? Oh my gosh, this is the part I was dreading. I was watching the Midnight Gospel to prepare for this. Um, And uh, I was like, shoot, at the end of every episode, they have like one sentence that sums up what they've been saying the whole time perfectly. And I feel like we haven't even begun to finish what we started here. Yeah. Um, I guess if I had to come up with something, I would say, uh, the most important thing I have to share is that, uh, identity is not static, and, uh, people can hold multiple contradictory identities, and that's, first of all, none of your business, and second of all, pretty cunt, so... How did you? I'll, I'll I'll ask one last question. How did you come to your 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 Jesty, um, so true Jesty? How did you come to oh, that? As- no, it's just like something terrifying and like deeply set in there, along with like eyes and teeth, as far as like motifs in my general life that I really resonate with. Honestly, there is no concrete reason or something I can point to there. Maybe I could blame the Wiggles, but like... The Wiggles? Don't you think the Wiggles qualify as modern jesters? So true. That's an episode for another. That's that's another episode. (laughs) But... I don't know. I honestly think um I don't even know that I subscribed to this theory until now, but I honestly think it's probably a past life thing. I think I was probably some sort of Piero. My. And I'm trying to recapture that. Do you know about the different types of clown? No, tell me about the different types of clown. Well, first of all, <laughs> there's your classic clown. They have the white face. The big red mouth, the triangle, 
big red hair. And this is what I would call the American clown, which unfortunately has a number of roots in um, blackface and minstrelsy. Um, and that's the one with the big shoes in the car with the honks and the pies and all that. Really your cartoon clown. But if we go further back, we have the French tradition of the mime, which is a sort of clown. And then related to the mime, there is the Piero. And these are both characters from the uh, the Commedia dell'arte or whatever. Um, <laughs> I've never heard it said out loud before. Um, yeah, this could be wrong. Thank you. Um, they're, they're different archetypes that descend from that. So within that, we have the jester, which is a sort of Pied Piper type aesthetic. You see triangles. You see harlequins sorted into this kind of type. This is the one with the two horn with the dangly type hats, the pointed shoes, the bells and argyle or a, or a diamond type pattern is a huge thing here you'll often see blacks and reds and whites i mean harley quinn is obviously a classic example of this speaking of bisexual representation oh my god okay um and then you also have oh i forgot to describe the piero so that's sort of more like a white face that's your clown in like a long dress with a tall, singular pointed hat with one puffball, puffballs down the front. And that's where you'll often see a rough type clown in clownery. And French descended clowns will often have uh, large, dark eye spots and small mouths compared to the small eyes and the large of the American descended clowns. Um, I also have this thing about describing clowns like they're an alien race, um, or okay. just a kind of creature. So apologies for that. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so that's uh, that's basically some different types of clowns there. Which one are you? I would say I um I connect most strongly with a Piero. It's very this like dunce cap, like genderless performer type of creature which is i think i relate a lot of the reason why i relate to clowns i would also enter that the uh modern answer to clowns would be a drag queen obviously and the key characteristics of a drag queen are of course the wigs the eyes the nails hair hips heels you know you know you, you know how it goes yeah. um yeah so it makes sense that my first um, introduction to the queerness of it all would be like theater and gender fuckery for that to end up in clowns, which is kind of like the original gender fuck theater to me. I also think the history of cross-dressing in theater is very interesting. You know, if we're talking about gender, that's definitely what I stand for. Fuckery. You know, I'm realizing we might have to have you back on to um, discuss clowning and, and gender. And uh, literally, in I need to see um, cool, and I need to do my research, so I'm prepared. If next we do time. a clown episode, can it be both of us at a time? Of course. Yeah. Do you also have a clown thing, Maz? Oh, I'm a different type of clown. I'm. 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 
You're more of a Harlequin. You have this very bendy elasticness to it. Harlequins are associated more with like a gymnastic, artistic type of clown. Trickster, and also the jex- the jester tradition. Jester is different from Harlequin. Jester is like a king's court fool. Yeah, but they have the same same hats. general vibe, but different settings. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're girls explaining to me. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, no, we can do yeah. Um we'll figure it out. Oh gosh, our laptop is at 14%. Well um, yeah, on, on that note. So <laughs> um listeners, stay tuned for part two, <laughs> which will be both um electric Psy, Yes, both Psy and Maz. Um <laughs> telling me about clowns and we'll be talking about <laughs> and clowns gender. and, and yes, um definitely and we, we need tarot. To find, yes yeah. we need to talk about how tarot plays into our gender and our experiences with tarot mm-hmm. i think that's okay. going to be the theme of our next episode teaser okay we well, can we'll, we'll, back to the plan of salvation <laughs> it'll all come back yes it'll all come back eventually to, to mormonism it'll but, all come back Time as always, thank you to Sai, and also thank you to Maz. I guess you weren't really in this episode, but you were a little bit, you were around the edges. Um, and thank you to both of you for sharing your lives with us. And thank you to the listeners for listening. As always, please. I sure hope so. Follow us on Twitter, donate to the Kofi, tell your friends and about the show. Thank you to viewers like you. <laughs> Thank you to viewers like you. And thank um, you, Jolene. Kids. Thank you. Um, yeah, rate us if your podcasting app has like a rating functionality. Ooh, don't don't forget to like stars. and subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button below. Yes. Um, Download, review. Yeah, just send me DMs telling me that I'm amazing and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, send me brilliant. hate mail. Sends hate mail to Sai. Oh my god, I put your own at on Twitter. I am at Sai.nor. You can figure out how to spell it. Do the work. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll tag you in this episode when it comes out. Um Fair enough. But yeah, mm-hmm. that is the end of it.